Welcome to the Feel Good Spine podcast, where I have quite literally got your back. I am your host, Claudia Catherine, scoliosis transformation coach, spine health trainer, and yoga teacher, here to guide you on this journey of improving your scoliosis health, fitness, and mindset so you can live your happiest and most fulfilled life possible. I am so excited to have you here today. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello, my beautiful scoliosis familia. Have I got a treat for you today. We're going to be talking all about running and scoliosis, going into detail about proper technique, body mechanics, injuries, how scoliosis affects our bodies, and so much more. Towards the end, I will also be answering some of your questions, so stay tuned for that. You are going to gain so much value from this, whether you are a runner or not, I promise. If you like this podcast, please rate and leave a review. It just helps me to build this and spread the good word. I appreciate you so much. So to help us gain some knowledge today, fam, I'm going to be interviewing a running specialist who has a degree in sports therapy and experience working with a variety of patients from elderly to football players. He also has six years in the military as an exercise rehab specialist. He is one of the the best personal trainers and educators in Western America with a passion for running. And he is currently opening a gym in Vancouver known as Kin Culture. I bring to you Richard Poole. Welcome Richard to the Feel Good Spine podcast. I am so happy and excited to have you here and I know a bunch of my followers and subscribers are really excited to learn about running and learn about how we can run better and look after and maintain our scoliosis at the same time so this is going to be really really interesting before we get started with our questions I will just give you a moment to say hi and give us a little introduction about yourself yeah thanks for having me I've been wanting to be on this for ages just jealous of everyone else who's on it so far um yeah so little bit of an intro about me I graduated with a degree in sports therapy about 10 12 years ago now so a long time ago, worked in that industry for seven years, eight years in the UK, working in professional sport, working in our NHS um, system, and then working for the military for six years. Um, that was great fun. I loved it. But I started to get a little bit bored in the UK. So I was like, okay, what's next? I need to explore. Moved over to Canada. Yeah, Found out that. about Equinox. Yeah found out about Equinox and was like okay so I know a lot about treating people making people better in the in with exercise helping people's injuries can I do that when people aren't injured and with just general population and so I decided to take up personal training and haven't looked back since started becoming an educator in Equinox so as training the new trainers coming through then decided at the like midway through COVID decided to break away from that and start to do my own stuff so me and a business partner Sean we've decided to go ahead and open our own space we really want to focus on longevity of training so training into the aging population everyone in the world's aging um the population is getting older um we want people to 
train for a long time and we want people to be able to have fun in their life and do things that they want to do physically um and yeah that's really what kin culture is all about train for longevity and be strong as you age yeah awesome awesome so yeah i'll just uh, pop in and add that rich was um he actually trained me when i joined at equinox he was my master trainer so i remember sitting through hours and hours and hours of <laughs> lectures <laughs> fun banter <laughs> lots of banter about anatomy and just lots of really really cool stuff so this is one of the people that I actually learned some of the things that I talk about today from and he currently runs a run club as well in Vancouver so that is where I have also learned a lot about running so this is what's kind of led us onto where we are today because he loves to run and he's super passionate about it and knows lots of interesting stuff so we are going to get into that now. So I'm going to start. First question. Let's just keep it nice and simple. What is running? What are the psychological effects? What are the physiological effects? Tell us about that. Yeah, so for me, running, initially, when I was younger, I never, never got on with running. I never found it fun. Um, I had to find that um that fun as I grew a bit older and as I started to dig into it I found out a lot lot more about what running is and like I said when I first started I thought okay running is just about doing these long slow runs doing your building your aerobic capacity it's just an aerobic sport and then I thought to myself is it actually when one of the biggest watched event in the Olympics is the 100 meter sprint and that is the most gangster thing going. I love watching 100 meter sprinters. You know that Usain Bolt rumored to have scoliosis as well. It's uh, not a another... rumor, it's for real. Yeah, it's for real. Okay, <laughs> it's for real, okay. For real. Cool. Okay, I'll tell you another fact about that guy later on. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so the, the physiological effects is there's a lot of good that happens for your, for your heart, for your lungs, cardiovascular, respiratory there's there's evidence to show that people who stay active not just running but live longer live healthier and it kind of it it merges together with a whole healthy lifestyle a healthy balance of lifestyle we'll talk about how you how you can program running in the uh, later on and how about it's not just an all or nothing thing there is a way to structure how you would run in terms of psychological help it really has helped me at the moment I feel super stressed with the amount of work that I have on but then when I go for a run it, it helps me clear my head for starters so I can actually be away from technology I usually run with no music so I can be away completely from technology got no notifications and I can just have my own thoughts think what have I got what have I got going on what's going on through the day and yeah it's it really helps calm me set me and ground me that's one of my the, the biggest loves i've found for for running recently i even when i do my slow slower longer runs i don't tend to wear a watch because i think it's a bit off-putting um but then when you get onto the faster runs i love to wear my watch but i keep it super basic don't have an apple watch so no notifications on it mm -hmm. and it's just something to keep me aware of my pace and yeah that's something that's 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 something that's super important when you start to go down the rabbit hole of running 
it's changing and varying how how you run and what energy systems you can tap into yeah we'll definitely be coming on to that I'm sure I just wanted to add I think that's really really cool that you run without any music like I I was listening to a podcast the other day um about this lady was saying to just go outside for a walk or for a run and not listen to to any music or anything and I thought oh my god I've never done this before and literally yesterday I went for a walk it was it was stunning in Vancouver blue skies and I'm like okay I need to go outside and I didn't have any music or anything and I was just like walking around listening to the birds and like the trees and the leaves and all that stuff I was like do you know what like nature is really really nice and it is good to just have that time with your thoughts and your feelings and just outside of technology so yeah 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 that's that that and that's huge for me I've always I've tried to stay off social media as much as possible I've only just recently got onto it for the business and I honestly I find myself way more on my phone nowadays and when if I can get out if I can get away even if it's like you said even if it's for a walk walking walking and running they're, they're very similar you can you can use walking in running in your programming for running I use walking all the time there's a lot of evidence that shows people who run marathons and walk run and people who just run slow mm-hmm. run and their similar abilities finish at a similar time yeah yeah so walk run is a great a, a great way of how to slower the load and we've, we'll talk about that in terms of scoliosis as well a bit later I think yeah yeah awesome okay so coming on to my next question I wanted to ask you about the body mechanics of running and how this might affect someone that does have scoliosis yes so I'm no expert on scoliosis as you are but what I know from it is you can have an impacted lung capacity when you're dealing with scoliosis because of the curvature of the spine you can't expand your lungs as much as um, other people without scoliosis so that's one impact that that may have on running but if you can work on that and you can work on breathing breath work specifically into areas where you're tightened up so for me as well like I've been dealing with an upper back issue recently and I went through a lot of breathing exercises into my upper back. And as soon as I finished the session, I felt great. I felt like I had more space for my lungs to come. And that's that's essentially, that's going to really help with your running. So increasing the, having the ability to increase your lung size is going to help you with running. You might, people might feel that they get out of breath quickly, but honestly, it's just a case of, practicing the breathing when you're not running but then also just getting involved and doing this run um but then so if we if if we've started with your inside we'll go out we'll go a bit more into musculoskeletal system so you have to have adequate hip flexion and extension so it's not just the case of length in both of them so it's not just a case of having really long hip flexors or really long glutes. Um, It's more than that. It's having a strength through that range. So without adequate hip flexion, we can't lift our knee up and then that may prevent us from clearing the ground with our foot. So we'll find more of a shuffle or we'll adapt our gait. So we may 
kick around the side to lift our leg up instead. So we've got to really find adequate strength into our hip flexors. Then when you're talking about your hip extensors, ex extensors, so your glutes predominantly, that's the kicking back. That's the force that you're trying to create to kick yourself off the floor. Then you go down into the ankle and you think about that range that you've got to get your dorsiflexion. So you've got to have the ability to lift your toes off the ground to clear the ground when you're stepping through. But you've also got to have the ability to push through to propel yourself as much as you need to, to go forward. So there's no, there's no precise number, but you, it's just something to be conscious of. Am I changing the way I walk or run because I've got tight hips, tight glutes, tight ankles? And then we go down to the foot and the foot is something I'm really, I'm really big on at the moment. I just recently did a, did a um, gait course and it was about 16 hours just learning learning about the foot and it was a lot it was it was a lot but it was good fun and one of the main things is that the foot has to have the ability to move as well so your foot actually acts as the fur as the body's first shock absorber so you've got your your plantar fascia here under your foot if that can't flatten or if it's already in a flattened state, it's no longer to flatten at all, your foot's not going to be able to do its job effectively. So that shock is going to go through the rest of the body. For most people, it goes through the knees and the hips. And then for people with scoliosis, if they're the curvature in their spine, that, that's going to increase the amount of torsion that's put upon and force that's put upon the spine, which can be a negative thing so yeah. it's very important we build from the ground up and we really look into the function of the foot before we really look into anything else yeah that's so so interesting and that really leads me on nicely to explaining like just a little bit more about the feet why are they so important how do they affect the rest of the body because one thing i really noticed with scoliosis is that one ones we tend to have like one foot that is flatter one foot that has a little bit more of an arch it's very imbalanced one knee can rotate in a little bit more one hip is higher than the other yeah that'll happen yeah help help us <laughs> no yeah yeah okay so there's there's actually there's there's really no evidence to sh to show that there's 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 a bad foot position there's there's evidence that shows that there's the 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 Damage comes when you have a rigid foot. So if you've got a foot with a high arch, but you can get into a flat foot and then you can get back into the high arch, great. If you've got a flat foot and you can, we've got, you've got the strength to create an arch and then get back into a flat foot, also great. That's yeah. fine. Being able to get an in and out of ranges is what we want to do. If they become too rigid and it's painful to create an arch or you have the inability to create an arch and it's painful to or it's painful to flatten your foot then that's where we want to look at first so if you've got a different foot to foot if you've got a high arch one foot and you can you struggle to flatten it then that side you've got to work you've got to really work the mobility into that foot you get a golf ball underneath mm. warm up that plantar fascia and then you just load it with your body weight into forcing it into a flat foot and then but then you just do the opposite on the other foot um 
you have a flat foot and you squeeze your foot together. So you're squeezing your big toe, your little toe and your heel together as much as possible. And you're trying to create that arch. And yeah. if you can't do that, then we just work and we strengthen that. It's about just creating that arch whilst you're keeping your big toe and your little toe down. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really, really interesting um, for myself and for my followers, because one of the things with anxiety is just noticing all these little differences on one side to the other, but just knowing that that is totally fine as long as you can still move and have range of motion and mm. not be not have pain then those little indifferences are actually that they're fine and you know what yeah. lots, lots of people without scoliosis also have these things so it kind of just goes for everyone to just make sure that you have very good foot mobility and if you do follow me on instagram you will see me rolling my feet and i do get this from rich i have it drilled into me from run club um yes. using a golf ball or just a small little um, like kind of solid ball rolling against your feet give it a go if you haven't already it might be painful but I promise you it's gonna feel good in the yeah. long run anyway <laughs> feels good don't go into sharp pain that's the one thing go light ease into it ease into it be able to relax be able to breathe through it relax but it's funny you say about like imbalances as well because I talked about earlier the tight tight hips or tight glutes, or the inability to extend the hip, inability to flex the hip. Um, with people with scoliosis, you might find that the same, you've got your tight one hip and your loose the other hip. For sure, yeah. Yeah, so so what we want to be able to do is is assess that as well. And you, you work through the strengthening and uh, more strengthening on one side and maybe more lengthening on the other side. And yeah when you when you run what you what actually happens when you have scoliosis is there's more force goes through it, it's if it's curved like that one more force will go through one side when you plant your foot some people with scoliosis find that their their cadence is a bit papa 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 rather than pa, 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 yeah 100% me for pa, sure pa. <laughs> yeah but honestly don't worry too much about it don't worry too much about it what you've got to do is you've got to use the exercises outside of the gym outside of running sorry but in the gym to correct that you, you you're not gonna if you try and correct your gait whilst you're running and your tempo whilst your 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 cadence sorry whilst you're running then that that's going to affect things further down the chain or higher up the chain so roll with your cadence roll with your cadence let the work you do outside of running fix that and just continue to run the way you do make sure you you do your the warm-up the, the correct warm-up strengthening lengthening activating and make sure you do an adequate cool down so that's going to be that's going to be the key yeah, that's, uh, that's good. That kind of brings me on to my next question. So let's say that we've just inspired someone to get up and run. Tell us why it is not a good idea to just get out of bed and go for a run straight away. Like, why should we, why should we be warming up? Why should we be cooling down? Yeah, I mean, when you're like in your teens or if you're 20 <laughs> or something, you can, you can do that. You, you can do that. It will catch up with you. Like, honestly, I'd, I didn't get injured and I swear I didn't even warm up until I got to probably in my 30s 
and I've never had an injury, never had an injury. Then I was like, rocked up to play football one day when I was in my late 20s, this was. And I was like, yeah, I can easy, I'll turn up bang on time. Don't, I don't need to warm up. I'm, I'm English, I play, I'm playing with Canadians. No, sorry, if that's, uh, anyone takes offense to that, but England's is coming home. So um, yeah, basically uh, I came onto the pitch, two minutes in, tore my groin. Oh God. Like, Where has this come from? I was like, you need to take care of your body. You need to start warming up. I'd, I've never, honestly, I'd never taken care of my body until I got into my late twenties, started at Equinox and such a huge focus on warming up your body. It's not just a case of warming up your core temperature. That's what we often think about warm up, warming up. We go for a light little run and that's our warm up done. What my, my love is to get the blood flowing into the areas that are going to be the most active. So like you said, foam, uh, golf ball rolling your foot, you're stimulating the foot and you're telling your brain, look, this is about to go and do some work now. Let's get this, let's get this mobile, let's mobile, let's get it active if we're doing some strengthening prep work because it's going to start working. Just do the same with your calves and your tibs. So the back of your um, bottom leg and the front of your bottom leg, get them the warm-ups that you should be doing should replicate the sport or the activity that you're going to do. So for running, we're really thinking about the foot rolling into pronation a little bit. So get that pronation if you're high arch. If you're flat-footed, working to get in that higher, if you're flat-footed, working to get in that high arch. Work into the mobility around the ankle, the lifting the toes up, the dorsiflexion, or the pushing the toes away from you plantar flexion so doing calf raises or toe lifts when you're facing away from the wall then you've got to go into the the thing that's really going to drive you is around the hips so you don't just you're not just pushing down on the floor when you run think of it like a cyclist so high level cyclists they pull up and push down at the same time so they're constantly going round. So they're, they're pulling their back leg and they're pushing their front leg down. We want to think about that in running as well. Like, why are we not lifting our leg off and driving our knee forward to run? You see a lot of joggers out there just get lazy with that. So mm. for me, it's a case of warming up those, those high knee exercises is really key for a majority of novice runners and beginner runners, because that's not what you see a lot of people doing. Then you've got your and if, if you if you have the ability to do that but you also have the ability to kick your foot down then the rest is just going to happen at the knee you're going to see you're going to feel yourself kick your butt maybe the, the faster you go so we want to be able so we want that tissue to be warm and lengthened so we can we can get into those ranges yeah but war, warming up is just warming up is for me it's mobilizing it's activation then we'll go into a bit more of a core temperature warming up. So it's not as simple as saying, why do we need to warm up? It's why should we activate? Why should we lengthen, activate, warm up, then drill in what we're doing? So if you, came, if you come to a run club, you'll see that we do all of that in that, that order. And yeah, it's just, it's really to avoid, it's, it's to avoid injury, first and foremost. 
but it's also to prep the body for the work it's about to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. And I just wanted to add in for my runners with scoliosis and when you're cooling down, I mean, obviously cooling down is really, really important as well, but trying to um, throw in a little bit of traction. So because when you're running, you're constantly compressing, compressing, compressing the, the spine as you're the forces work against you when you're planting your foot against the floor. So getting in maybe a minute or two minutes of traction towards the end of your run, just to lengthen and decompress the spine is going to be really, really good for you guys. So just throwing yes. that one in there as well. I would also say that maybe a bit of breath work would help afterwards oh, sure. as well. Yeah. Um, getting, trying to expand the lungs as much as possible, like we touched on earlier. I think that's really important for people with scoliosis. And I think that will, that will tie in hand in hand with, um, with what you just said about the traction. Yeah. And obviously, um, if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm always talking about concavity breathing and that is essentially what Rich is saying as well. But in relation to scoliosis, concavity breathing is trying to focus that breath into your concave side. And if you don't know what side that is, that is the side where your ribs are more compressed and your lung capacity is reduced. So when you finish your run, try and do a little bit of traction, try and do a little bit of concavity breathing. Hopefully you're doing these things every day anyway, um, but just especially throwing in some of that towards the end of your run. Which also brings me on to my next question. Just asking about the, the best form and best technique for running because obviously technique and form is very important. And with running, if you're doing it incorrectly, you can cause a lot of rotation through the spine, especially if you're crossing the arms over and it's all over the place, which we, especially with scoliosis, we do not want to be getting all of that rotation through the spine and it's just going to aggravate our scoliosis. So you know, give us some tips on um, running technique. Yeah, cool. So you're like, you just said, like, you want to keep solid here. You want to keep solid here. That's where your power comes from, your core. Your power comes from there. So if you can, if you have the ability to be able to have your run, your arms cradled forwards and backwards, that's great. You'll see sprinters do it the best. You sprinters are a great example of how we should be should be running. It's very extreme how they run, but they're running at stupid rates. So with that, you you're thinking about having a lean forward let gravity do some of the work for you like gravity's here gravity's not going anywhere let it do some work for us for once so have that little bit of a lean forward um then what we want to create is a knee drive up from there so like i said about the hip flexion and you'll see that again if you pick up pull out any picture of any sprinter any high level sprinter their knee drive is insane we it, it, it also trans, translates to like Kipchoge is the fastest marathon runner ever. Only person to ever break two hours. Um, you look at his stride and his stride is similar. He's still got that, he's still got that knee drive. It's not excessive as Usain Bolt. He's still got that kick up at the back. So his, his foot nearly hits his butt on the way through. So we want to think about that. But what, what, will, what will get us there naturally is that knee drive. But then when you contact the ground, you don't want to be contacted in front of your center of gravity because then that's going to act as a break for us. 
So we really want that lean forward. We want to drive our knee up, and but we want to push on or slightly behind our center of gravity. So we're really pushing from our mid and forefoot. We really shouldn't be striking too much of our heel because that will be acting as a break. So if you feel you are, if you feel you're like plodding along and you just feel your heels, 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 honestly, just try leaning forward. Try leaning forward from your hips and your shoulders come with you. Your shoulders aren't leading the way. Your hips are probably leading the way. Um, but then if you're able to keep that solid core like you've talked about, Claude, and to prevent you rotating, then your, your shoulders are going to go with you anyway. And then we think about what, what our legs are doing in that stage. If, we're a bit, if we have the ability to lift up our knee, then we should have the ability to clear the floor with our foot. And that's why we also work on lifting those toes up, those toe raise exercises. So you can lift the toe up, clear your foot from the ground so you don't have to turn out like this. And this is what a lot of people turn out when they walk. A lot of people and people with like bunions on their big toe or calluses on their big toe, that'll be because they've got an inability to probably dorsiflex their foot. So they cheat and they like, come around like that and if you're doing that in walking then you're probably going that's probably going to translate to running so be aware of that dorsiflexion like a knee to wall stretch is a good one to like focus on as well as some loaded bent knee calf raises oh. yeah so technique is the best thing in my opinion lean forward lift your knees up strike the floor with your forefoot and not your heel yeah no, I think that's awesome. That's really, really good advice. And I'm already already thinking about my running form and how I can improve it because I'm already like thinking, yep, I do that with my foot and yep, I don't push from here. And so I really hope that all of my listeners are also thinking about their running form. And then I want to try it. Like I might go for a run tomorrow and just test this all out. So I hope yeah. that, yeah. Well, what I'd also give you a, people a task of doing is count how many steps they do in I don't care about the how how um, the pattern of the steps but count how many steps you do in a minute so what we really want to do we want to fast the cadence that's cool that's a cadence how many steps in a minute you do if you can do 180 steps in a in a minute that's decent wow decent yeah but something above 160 is good 160 is 160 is a decent amount of steps um but 180 is the, the aim three steps in a second Wow, that is a lot of steps. It's a lot so, yeah. of steps. There's some homework for you guys now to uh, <laughs> count your steps. <laughs> yeah, 10,000 steps. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so moving on. Is it safe for someone with scoliosis to run long distances? Big question in the industry. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, my thoughts are as long as you're strong. And as long as you've optimally, optimally loaded, then yeah, you're good. You're good to go. And long distance is like, what is long distance? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like for me, when I first started running long distance was long distance was 5k. My, my goal was to get a decent 5k time, long distance, long distance can even be shorter than that. As long as you're hitting that aerobic um, energy system, that's your, that's, that's a, really essentially a long distance run you, you 
you want progressive overload is what is what you want to is what you want to try and achieve and work with to to guide you in how far you can run but so progressive overload really means so there's an analogy you can use as a growing there was this greek story i believe Here and this go. one you know it you know it you remember it probably nah. okay so it was this 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 kid he grew up with his calf a cow and so as he aged so did the calf as he grew so did the calf so he got bigger the calf got bigger this is really saying the further you go the further your body can go so if you take it step by step slowly they're progressively loading it more he's getting stronger and bigger this cow is getting bigger because he's aging and getting older but he, this person's still got the ability to be able to carry this cow does that make sense yeah that's a really good analogy I like that. Yeah, I think it's Greek mythology, that is. Wow. <laughs> who would have known? Yeah, who would have known? <laughs> okay. So moving on. Um, what would you say are the common injuries with running and how can we overcome them? I think one of the most common injuries you'll see is Achilles problem. A way to deal with this, if it hasn't happened already, is to have the ability to load your Achilles well. So calf, single leg, starting with double leg calf raises is a great um, exercise to incorporate if you want to start running. You have to have the ability to be able to do multiple single leg calf raises to be able to, to run. But if we're starting from the beginning with thinking again about progressive overload, let's start low, let's start easiest. We go straight leg calf raises but what what people tend to do is when they do calf raises and they're not strong yet is they go out onto their little toes what I want people to think about doing is pressing equal pressure through their big toe little toe but even maybe dominating that big toe so you sort of get a calf raise where you sort of feel like you're pulling your legs together a little bit what you might feel is some tension in your groin that's great because when we run our groin acts to stabilize us. Our groin and our glute need do all that great work to stabilize our hip when we're like driving through the ground. So to avoid any Achilles issues, strengthen your calf, strengthen your gastroc, lengthen your calf, lengthen your gastroc by doing, by strengthening the opposite side of the, of the, of the, of the leg. So the shin that shin bone so then that also leads on to people with shin splints shin splints is a common one that people get and usually shin splints is an overuse injury that's people who aren't using this progressive overload they're just hammering themselves straight in it usually happens in um like people coming into their 20s and when i know when i worked in the military we had it a lot with the new recruits so the new recruits are just absolutely hammered for running and weighted walking. And then the amount of people who were getting shin splints because they were loading themselves too much was crazy. So that's a, that's an optimal loading thing. That's a, getting them to learn about this progressive overload, uh, slowly ramping it up. And then people suffer from a lot of knee and hip issues. 
and what we touched on earlier if you can if you work from the bottom up and you can increase that mobility or that strength in the foot then you might find that you can you can really potentially get rid of these issues that are coming in the knee and the hip my other my other key thing would be strengthen around the hips strengthen the glutes strengthen and lengthen the hip flexors and you should be good i when i when i first started running longer distances i used to get like lower back ache because my back would just be doing anything everything so i had no core strength if you're starting to feel it in your back think what's going on at the front are you extending from your lumbar spine a little bit too much can you lock that down and especially for people with scoliosis that's going to be super important yeah for sure yeah very interesting and yeah i think just everything leads back to having a strong core and a strong glutes which yeah yeah yeah, which kind of like leads me on to my next question is like what supplements can we do for running to help the body help keep the body strong and help obviously with people with scoliosis reduce their chances of injury yeah okay so i think you talked about the breath work mm-hmm. honestly claude i think everything that you do on your your instagram is like bang on if people can follow that outside of running and in the gym they're going to have a strong resilient body where they've got the ability to run yeah do you, do you like, hear that one guys do you hear that one <laughs> it's true i don't i don't want to overcomplicate things and i don't honestly don't think i need to i think if you follow the exercises that you've put in the the breath work the core strengthening the glute strengthening and then i don't know if you put any uh achilles gastroc or um tib ant work on there but that no. if i was if i was to add anything for <laughs> running it would be calf calf strength and um front of your calf strength so shin but shin shin strength yeah some yeah. content ideas love it yeah otherwise honestly your your content is is quality oh, thank you yeah <laughs> okay uh, we do also we do also have to be able to make sure that we're able to we've got elastic elastic um achilles so a little bit of like two-footed bounce jumping would be good after you've warmed up maybe before you go for a running for run yeah. run is good we're doing mini plyometrics when we run really so little short contact times with the floor little bounds bang 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 is always good do about 20 seconds of those before you do any sort of running and you've got some blood flow to that achilles Should yeah that's actually i and i love doing those things because it's also kind of fun it kind of takes mm. you back, back to being like a kid when you're just like bouncing around it like Honestly, gives you energy it feels- and it feels super childish you're doing it with a bunch of adults and you're like people are looking at us like what are they doing but yeah you can do it you can play catch whilst you're doing it as well if you want oh awesome okay so coming to the end I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'm going to come to a couple of questions that I had from my followers on my Instagram before I come to that just to summarize, like what are the pros of running? Why should my followers start start running? Get outside. We've, t- we've touched on, I think we've touched on most of the key points. Get outside, get away from technology. Honestly, as you, as you age, you're going to feel like your aerobic capacity, your, your aerobic capacity is going to reduce slightly. Keeping yourself healthy. People with scoliosis, the encouragement is, I believe, to exercise more frequently. 
you don't want to be sedentary as soon as we stop doing things that's when we age so it's like famous saying from one of one of my mates he says you don't get old because you, you don't stop snowboarding because you get old you get old because you stop snowboarding <laughs> so we can just relate that to running as well and running is one running is really one of those strange sports where actually it's more it's people in their 30s who are world champions there's there's actually been studies shown that there was an 18 year old track athlete who's been running all their life is still got about 10 years until their peak so they got 10 years until they're 28 they were at at 18 how long do you think it will take them to get back down and they if they're still training to continue to be that that good they can they'll potentially be what age when they can still beat or compete with their 18 year old self 32 no 64 oh <laughs> so it shows that we're meant we're meant to run so if you if you're thinking what can i do as i age you can run because we're meant to run we're built to run we across any given distance so like a long distance we're faster than any other animal on this planet oh wow that's, yeah that's cool that's really and cool. is it one of the one of the reasons is and one of the reasons why you should continue to do breath work is because we we as humans don't cool ourselves down through our breath every other animal on this planet cools them down from their breath we sweat so if you can use your great ability to breathe to focus on your running you don't need to focus on that to cool you down you're not panting like a dog to cool yourself down you're sweating to cool yourself down so yeah that's what's one of the reasons we can outrun any animal on this planet oh, there you go yeah. Yeah. over a given distance <laughs> every day's a school day love that awesome okay so I'm going to come on to um some questions from my followers on Instagram some really interesting questions actually so I'm going to start with chloe.ac I think that's how you say your name um can I run with shoe lift uneven leg lengths due to misalignments so what are, you, what are your thoughts on running with a shoe lift? This is, this is a really tough one because is it a true unfixable leg length discrepancy? Is there some stuff that you've done in, on, your, uh, on your social media that can help Chloe with that? Or is it something, is it a true leg length discrepancy? So I've worked with this guy when I worked in the military who actually got shot in the leg and it fractured his femur. So he lost two inches, two inches. It's a huge amount. He lost two inches of his femur. So his, so he, every single one of his pairs of shoes, he had a two inch raise in every single one of his shoes. Two inches is huge. That's going to put the alignment of his, of his knees off just to let his hips be aligned. And we would, we, we got him, we got him running. We just had to be aware that he's not going to be able to tolerate as much because it will, it will feed in a little bit to his leg length discrepancy and stuff that's going on at the knee and the hip if it's not loaded appropriately. So I would say, yes, it's okay, but do everything in your power exercise wise that you can do to even reduce the 
the amount of rays you need in a shoe and yeah. then you can you can continue running work on all of that before uh, you can, can you can carry on running but just don't load yourself too much yeah yeah and i think that's it's true with scoliosis and leg length um differences usually the leg length difference is functional it's not structural so if it's functional it does mean that you can actually change it if it's structural you you can't do anything about it you you're born with one leg shorter than the other or something like that um so yeah it really is you have to to know chloe whether or not you have a structural a structural or functional leg difference if it is structural i would definitely definitely stick with the shoe lift but if it is functional do everything in your power to try and even out your legs in the natural way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then make sure you cool down and warm up and, and most mostly cool down in the right way the, the traction stuff that claude's talks about and yeah i think that's going to be the key for you if you want to continue to run yeah for sure when you continue to run yes <laughs> Okay, so coming on to my next question, Carolina Cavalhera, what as what what key aspects should we pay attention to to run safe with scoliosis? So not increasing the curvature. Yeah, so again, it's going to be about what you do outside of running. It's really not going to be what you're doing during the running, unless we're talking about your your load and how frequently you're running. So don't just go and run in a a 10k just without without loading yourself load yourself appropriately do all the work that we've talked about do all the work that claude's you've got people doing in the gym and yeah that's that's it's going to be safe it's going to be fine yeah exactly so i'll just add on to that as well do strengthen your core strengthen your glutes do your traction do your concavity breathing all those kind of things and then you can really do whatever you want you know run long distances run short sprint like you know I do yeah. all these things and it's just it's about looking after yourself outside of your running yeah it's funny it's interesting you bring up the sprinting as well because I was reading something about the faster you run and the more impact you put on to one side you're gonna you're gonna increase the force that goes into that curvature but then on your second stride you're actually gonna do the opposite so you're actually going to lengthen that side so it's it becomes like a net it, it's a net balance actually yeah. so you're actually you're you're compressing but then when you take your next step you're actually lengthening so it's actually a net balance so it's oh there you go guys okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah that makes sense actually thinking about it yeah i love that i never thought about that before that's good to know mm. cool okay so question again from carolina is there a distance after which it stops being safe, aka because you can't keep the ability to keep good posture? Nope, no, no specific distance. Everyone's going to be different. Like we said again, it's about how 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 you load into it. Do I, I'm I'm a big advocate of walk run programs. As soon as you feel any sort of aggravation or any any pain, your 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 body's your body's an impressive thing. It's going to tell you if it's pissed off at you. So stop, go for a walk, walk it off, they say. Um, go for a go for another little little jog, see how far you can get. And you you note this down. Every time you're recording how far and how or how long you're going, and day to day you're not gonna you're not gonna have a, a line like this. It's gonna be like this, it's gonna be wavy up. 
going to wave up. It's not going to be directly up. And no, simple answer to your question is no, there's not a given distance. There's not. It's just dependent. And if if you do little and if you if you do little and slowly increase, you're going to be able to run for a longer time because your body's going to get stronger because of this progressive overload we talked about. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Love that. Um, okay. One more question from Lily Alexandra. She she messaged me saying that she has running has helped reduce her pain in her scoliosis, which I think is really, really awesome. And that she's training for a marathon now. Again, yes. amazing. What well, congratulations, Lily. Um, does rotation of the spine hips impact breathing? And with one hip being higher than the other, can it lead to one foot hitting harder than the other? Yeah, the short, the short and easy answer for that is yes. And um, we've touched on all these points before. Um, that rotation is going to affect how you breathe, but work on your, um, what, what did you call it? What was your breathing? Concavity breathing. Yes, concavity <laughs> breathing. I was going to call it 360 breathing, but work on your concavity breathing, work on how you can breathe into every aspect of your lungs and your diaphragm. And that's going to, that's going to help you. That really is going to help you. Um, especially if you do it after you run, because when you run, you will dominate one side when you're one area, when you're breathing. So that's going to work. That's really going to increase that, that, that part and probably soften and lessen the other side. So that's when it's super important to do that breath work after, after and before. Yeah. Um, what was the other point? Um, with one hip oh, being higher hip. than the other, is one foot hitting the, the ground harder than the other? Yeah, again, yes, and let that let that be okay as long as you're doing all the stuff in the gym and after you run to counteract that. We talked about that before. Your cadence, what we call it, is going to be a little bit ba-bap, ba-bap, rather than bap, 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 bap. And that's just, it's, it probably, yeah, probably is going to hit a little bit harder than the other, but as long as you do the the pre 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 work and the post work and then the stuff in the gym you're going to be fine yeah exactly and that's exactly what I would say as well um yeah just with the the breathing thing definitely doing your concavity breathing is is going to help and Lily you also mentioned that you get pain in your middle of your back sometimes after running and I just wanted to point out that this could be depending on the curvature of your spine this might be the transition zone so with especially s-curve scoliosis because the curvature is very immobile there's one part of our spine usually around the middle of the back called the transition zone that takes all of the force. It takes all of the rotation. It takes all of the frontal and sagittal plane movement because the rest of our spine struggles to, to have any mobility. So I just wanted to say when you're running to just make sure that you're not doing too much rotation through your spine because it sounds like this transition zone might be taking a lot of the, the rotation and the force. So just being aware of that and making sure that you're doing your scoliosis correctives and keeping your spine mobile and strong and all these things that we have talked about. So yeah, so I hope that helps guys. Um, just wrapping up a little bit, tell us more about Kin Culture. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, Kin Culture, it's a gym. Yes, representing the hat. Yeah, so Kin Culture, we're due to open a, actually a physical space in the new year, hopefully March, if all goes to plan. They're, they're 
they're doing the demolition at the moment of the space and then we're we're putting up putting up walls and stuff and making it into quite a sick space we're going to have a lot a lot of our focus is going to be on running but then it's not it's not solely going to be that it's it our main aim is to get people active get people doing stuff get people doing stuff that they want to do we live in vancouver we live in like an amazingly active city but it doesn't have to be you don't have to just be in vancouver to be part of part of our community we're going to be launching an app we're going to have online training we're going to have online running coaching we're going to have access to all of that so keep an eye on at kingculture.ca on instagram we might transition to tiktok very soon but like i'm i'm 35 so i don't know if i'm i'm cut out for that i might have to get some new lighting in my apartment <laughs> and learn how to dance but yes yeah, it's, it's it's exciting stuff and training for longevity is our key that's uh everyone can tell everyone can teach people to exercise everyone can make someone sweat but we want to do it in a controlled way yeah we want to we want to train people not exercise people love that and i to- <laughs> totally agree totally agree it's not just about exercise it's about everything in the body Obviously, your fitness, your mindset, what you're eating, what you're putting into your body, what you're absorbing in the outside world, your friends, social media, all these little things. So it's good to, yeah. to see all these businesses popping up, really paying attention to to everything. And it's not just about how many bicep curls that you can do. In yeah. The- <laughs> and honestly, like it's it's about balance as well. As you know, like... You, you, we can still have a drink. We can still go and enjoy ourselves. We can still go out for these meals with our friends. I was actually training my client at the beach this morning and it was 6.30 a.m. And this 80-year-old walked past us. He probably looked he probably looked 60. He looked so good. And he was like, do you know what the key is? Enjoy yourself. He's like, people are too uptight these days. You just need to have a good time. And I was like, oh you're a legend mate you should come and train at king culture i should get him on my podcast you should get him <laughs> his name's jack his name's jack if you want to want to get him in it yeah oh that's funny oh amazing well yeah if any of my listeners are um are in vancouver come and say hi we um we're cool and we're fun and we'll get you active and we'll get you moving around and come and visit king culture it will be hopefully opening in 2023 2023 definitely opening 2023 cool okay well everyone i hope that you really got some value from this thank you so much to rich for giving us his time and giving us so much knowledge i definitely feel like i've i will be walking away smarter so i hope that you guys will be as well do you have any last words rich i i actually do because (laughs) forgot to bring it up I said I'd bring it up the other special thing about Usain Bolt not only has he got scoliosis but he has got an he's got insane big toe mobility and big toe mobility is key in everything in all our walking gait all our all our running gait so it's not just foot mobility it's big toe extension he could actually get his toe up to 60 degrees I'm sure you knew that already Claude but (laughs) That's definitely my little bit of info I give at the end of every run club. Oh, well, I love that. And I will, um, yeah, now I've learned, I've learned facts today. Facts. We've all learned facts. Some facts. 
<laughs> more Usain Bolt facts than I ever thought I would know. But you never know, yeah. pub, pub quiz, it might come up. So, you know, retain that information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Rich. And thank you so much for my listeners. If you have held on this long, you guys are amazing. And yes, I look forward to continuing with my podcasts and filming more things for you guys. Uh, This has been really, really fun. So yes, thank you all so much. And I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.